Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Twin. Guess what, folks? It is another Monday night here on 89.1 Kens FM, and you are tuned in to Attitude Era Monday Live, Monday time here on 89.1 Kens FM. I, of course, am your esteemed host, the icon, and usually I'm joined with my friends, Matthias and the Big Swing. Of course, Big Swing is uh, doing his thing covering Monday Night Football for his radio station, so he will not be available, and I do believe that Matthias may be on the way. If not, I guess you can just uh, plan on hearing my interaction with our three guests all night tonight. So we're, we're here every Monday night from 9 p.m. Central Time to 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. We have a big show, uh, as always. And, uh, yes. As a matter of fact, let's talk about who we got tonight. Uh, we have Michael Orlius. Uh, he is an author. We have Roderick Dryden Morrison. He's an actor. And we have Sir, uh, Sir Dan Smith. He is a promoter. And this gentleman has been a blessing for Attitude Era Monday Live Monday with all the promotions that he does on the outside world for us, getting us notoriety that we so much appreciate, and we're going to talk to him about that when he is on the air in the next hour. In the meantime, I will catch everybody up on what I've been doing. Speaking of what I've been doing, Saturday night, this last Saturday night, we had a great event here at 89.1 Ken's FM. We did a fundraiser, uh, our annual Halloween fundraiser for Ken Station, and apparently it went pretty well. And the turnout was uh, very well expected. And for those of you who are listening right now, we want to thank all of you who joined us Saturday night at Rick's Bar on Main Avenue for our event. And uh, it's an annual thing at Ken's FM to do the Halloween uh, Halloween Hollow Fun Drive, whatever you want to call it. And uh, there, there is uh, a few more planned uh, fundraisers, I do believe, uh, throughout the uh, year, I do I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, he does a couple. I know he does the annual Halloween one, kind of like WCW used to do Halloween Havoc, and he usually does a one in the summertime. This last summer, we did a nice little barbecue out here uh, at uh, these the parking lot of the radio station. We served brats and uh, soda. And uh, Ken and I were both cooking those brats and serving them to our listeners. We had a good time doing that. Unfortunately, the rain decided to rain on our parade, for lack of a better term. And uh, we do plan on doing that again, but hopefully when there's no rain in the forecast. So we'll keep everybody posted on that. So listen to 89.1 Ken's FM for further details for more uh, remotes that we do and more fundraisers that we do. And as you know, from time to time uh, on our show here, if you listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, well, you like that. You go to 89.1 uh, 
uh, our Attitude Era Monday Live Monday page, like that, do a $10 a month donation to follow the tower, we will get you automatically qualified to win a past guest uh, autograph picks from past guests, current guests, or future guests. Uh, so uh, our big giveaway show, we're planning on the second week of July after the 4th of July. So stay tuned for that. More details to come on that. Just waiting for the arrival of my buddy Matthias. He will be here shortly, according to the text I just received. And I know this is very exciting radio for everybody listening to me talk for the next however minutes till he arrives. And uh, also, I do want to let everybody know that for those of you who are wondering what happened to Granny Hulkster, uh she has been having some uh, family health emergency issues, and uh, she has decided that uh, she needs to uh, concentrate on that, which we fully support, and she has stepped away from the show for a while. Hopefully, uh, every once in a while, we can get her back to do a spot appearance every now and then. Uh, my other plan for the remainder of the year and into March, we're going to have Scott Hand as our third wheel, for lack of a better term, here on the show. Uh, Scott Hand, Hand, of course, has got the movie The Black Tent uh, that's going to start filming in March. And as he is a a guest uh, host on our show here, uh, we'll be filling people in more on that. I will be uh, involved in that project. As a matter of fact, if you do go to imdb.com, and if you type in my name, uh, my real name, you will find my page on imdb.com. Uh, I am starring as the Barker in that movie. And like I say, when Scott Hand is here next week, we will be talking to him more about that. We were supposed to have a special guest Halloween co-host with us this evening. However, uh, Sammy Sin, she was called away on a photo shoot. And, uh, well, not called away on a photo shoot. She was in a photo shoot. She thought it would be uh, completed by uh, this afternoon. However, the photo shoot did go wrong, and I guess they had some weather issues where she's at. So they weren't able to finish all the outdoor stuff. So they're trying to finish that tonight. So, uh, so she was not able to break away from that. And we, of course, respect that because everybody has their, their careers here. Everybody needs to uh, make money. Uh, I myself have uh, several other jobs I do besides the radio show. I, I wish I could uh, do this all the time. And uh, I know that uh, Matthias, he has his wrestling gig on the weekends, and he has his own job that he does. So basically, radio is fun, but sometimes you have to do something else to pay the bills. And uh here at 89.1 Gens FM, we definitely know all about that. And we do want to help Ken out here, and I do want to have everybody that's sharing my voice right now, all our Attitude Era Monday Live Monday fans, if you do like the show that we do here, and if you like the radio station here at Gens FM, we need you to donate money to the station to help the station out, to keep it on the air. Uh, Ken is the only... Uh, not the not the only, but one of the few remaining independently owned radio stations here, and uh, everything is uh, funded by donation. We can't sell commercials, kind of like PBS, 
And uh, every dollar that Ken brings in helps to keep the radio station on the air. So if you find out that you love everything we do and all the shows that uh, are on Ken's uh, FM here, and you want to keep hearing us every week, please donate. Any amount helps, whether it be $5, $10, $15, whatever it is. If you can spare $10 a month, if you can do a sponsorship here on the show, if you own a local business and you're looking to uh, broaden your horizon, get your name out there uh, to more people, contact Ken and uh, he can get you set up with a sponsorship because we can't sell commercials here on the station, but we can sell sponsorships. So if you uh, are, are are looking, uh, if you own a local, if you own a business here, and you're looking to get your name out there, 89.1 Ken's FM is definitely the place to advertise. And we also want to thank uh, Back for More. They were the band that played at Rick's Bar on Saturday. They did a phenomenal job. They did entertain the crowd. They were there from 9:30 to 1:30 in the morning. So they really did uh, a nice four-hour show for our listeners uh our first guest will be calling in here shortly and uh when he does we'll go right to him after our first commercial break as we always do and then we'll talk to him and then hopefully uh, matthias uh, my good friend here will be here shortly to uh join me i will say one thing being on the radio here with uh, with ken's fm is a great opportunity and I'm not just saying that. I, I, we, we love Ken here. We love the station. We love that uh, we can entertain you every Monday night. But without donations to the station, the, the show's not possible. And, of course, everybody here at the radio station volunteers their time. Nobody's paid. We don't get a weekly check. We support Ken's station because we love Ken and we love 89.1 Ken's FM and we are going to continue doing everything that we need to do uh, to help support Ken and his cause here at the station so like I say if you like everything we do here on 89.1 Ken's FM you know homegrown rock and roll uh, I'd say I guess maybe 90% of the playlist that Ken has on the show is all local bands uh, a lot of the music was recorded right here in the studio and played for you guys. Uh, music that you can't hear anywhere else but here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, we are going to take a quick little commercial break. It looks like our first guest is ready. So we will take a commercial break, and we will be back after these messages. So stick with us, everybody, and stay tuned. So if your spring and summer projects include some concrete work, Elevated Concrete can help. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. They are ready right now for any concrete project you have. That's Elevated Concrete at 701-866-9018. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is going to write his way into everybody's hearts tonight. He's a great author, and he knows a lot of famous people that we're going to talk to him about right now. I give you the greatest man to ever put pen to paper. He is Mike Audius. 
Hey, and this is hey, Mike Alvey, author, author Mike. Author Mike. Uh, you're listening to uh, your Attitude, Attitude, Attitude Live, Live 99.9 FM, with your host, with your, the icon, the also with the swing and the modern nightmare. How are you, Mike? Good to have you with us. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, interference. I don't know if that's on our yeah. end or your end. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Not sure. Are you Are you getting some feedback? Yeah, I can see. Uh, is, that, I is, is, is that better? Uh, yep, there you go. That's fine. Okay, perfect. All right, so there was a button here that was uh, uh, pushed, and uh, it shouldn't have been. So, uh, Mike, uh, here's what we're going to do here. We're going to have a little fun here. We got, uh, well, we got plenty of time here to have uh, on with you. We're going to talk about some of your books and some of your uh, friends uh, that uh, you know in the horror film genre business. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Uh, but first off, why don't you give a little background about yourself, and I'll ask you a few questions, then we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Sure. So uh, I am a national best-selling author. I have 14 books uh, that are out right now. Um, I specialize kind of in celebrity biographies. I wrote Kane Hodder, who played Jason in four of the Friday 13th movies and also has been in 300 other movies. I wrote his official biography. <clears throat> I worked with uh, Tom Savini. Uh, the most legendary makeup artist of all time on his um, biography. And I also worked with Steve Gonzalez from Ghost Hunters on his book, which is called A Life with Ghosts, which is uh, just came out in August and became a national bestseller. Uh, and I have a bunch of short story collections uh, that are horror collections and a few novels out there and all kinds of uh, different types of writing stuff. And, uh, Mike, of course, uh, this is uh, your time, and we're going to talk to you a lot about, about your books. You mentioned you have written 14 books. Uh, over the yep. span of how many years have those books come out? Um, about, let's see, I did two when I was, like, in my mid-20s. Um, so I guess a little under 20 years that they've all come out in the last about 20 years or so. And all have been New York Times bestsellers, correct? <laughs> no, I wish. No, just this, this, the last one was uh, the national bestseller, and um, a couple of the others were uh, bestsellers on Amazon and different lists. And when you uh, let me ask you this, as an author, when you write a book, everybody of course strives to be a New York Times bestseller. That's obviously the goal as a writer. But yep. would you say that was your goal, or are you just hoping that someone's not using your book uh, to uh, level a, a, a table leg uh, at the dining room table? <laughs> I mean, you know, as as a writer, I write because it's something I kind of have to do. It's, like, it's just something that I love to do. I enjoy it pretty much more than anything. I'd rather be writing a story than, like, sitting on the beach. Um, so I write no matter what. All the other stuff, getting to work with stars and do book signings and, and hearing from people who love, you know, something I wrote is all bonus, you know, especially getting on getting on those lists or, you know, getting on something that's a bestseller. Um, that's just kind of bonus stuff for me. Um, of course, it helps the career, uh, and I love it, and I'll keep striving for it. But even if I never sold a, another book again, I'd still write, you know, stories and, until I'm dead. And uh, towards the end of the interview, we'll let uh, our fans know how they can uh, get a hold of said books. You know, one mm -hmm. thing I do want to – I am kind of curious about, Mike, is when you're when you're writing the books and then all of a sudden you get a notification that, uh, you know, you're the Amazon bestseller or uh, you have the highest sales of the day or the week or, wh or what have you, how do you get notified of that? Do, you, do they send you an email? Do you have like a uh, – 
a chat room that you go on or uh, is like your publisher sending out smoke signals to say, hey, call me, we're number one? How does that, how does that work? How do you find out about that? Uh, a little bit of a mix of both. Um, most time, uh, us authors, when we have a book come out, um, we'll all kind of obsessively watch Amazon because they refresh the, the rankings every couple hours. And so we'll watch the sales rankings um, ourselves. Um, for the bigger lists, you know, the publishers um, will find out usually beforehand because they're printed like once a week. Um, and so they'll, they'll contact us and say, hey, next week this is going to be, you know, on, on this list and stuff like that. So, so it's a little bit of a mix, um, you know. But for most authors now, it's kind of a, a OCD of checking Amazon to see, like, oh, how much did it jump up? Did it make a list? Did it make the top ten? You know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And uh, when you when you do uh, get notification that uh, you're you're number one, is it like high fives all around? Are you like uh, are you like strutting around the neighborhood with your book in hand, saying, "Hey, look at this! This is number one." You guys don't have that, or uh, do you like uh, go to your work and say, "Hey, guess what, guys? I'm number one. Where are you guys at today?" Uh, I mean, kind of. Yeah, it's you know, it's a pride thing to get excited. Um, usually, you know, we'll take a screen, make sure we take a screenshot if it's something like on a website. Um, you know, we'll post it. That is, you know, hit number one, and we kind of stays on the records. You know, like uh, I know Simon and Schuster with our last book, since it made a national bestseller, they they automatically changed the listing on Amazon so it says national bestseller right in the you know in the book and stuff. You know, so yeah, so it's kind of a you know making sure everyone knows that it was you know kind of quickly thing, and and you know as a personal thing, it's you know it's super exciting, you know, and just kind of like you know prideful that something I worked on, people are reading. Uh, we have about uh, 28 minutes here with our guest, Mike. Uh, now, what was the name of your first book that you did? The first book I ever wrote is called 50 Handfuls, um, and it's a kind of a weepy drama. Uh, it's about a woman who feels guilty off um, about over the death of her husband, so she sets off cross-country to fulfill his final wishes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I still love it. It's a book that um, a lot of, a lot of middle-aged women really liked and uh, and still do and stuff. And it uh, it's kind of just weird that it was my first story. I'm not sure why, but it's just the first story that I actually sat down and said, you know what, I'm going to write this. And, and the funny thing is, actually, I went to film school, and I have two degrees in filmmaking, and I actually sat down to write it as a movie script first, and I got stuck, and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, you know what, maybe if I write this as a story, um, I'll be able to flesh it out more. And once I started doing that, I left film behind, and I went back to get a master's degree, uh, in writing and, and focused on writing. And what is the uh, what is your most recent book? Uh, it's A Life with Ghosts, which is uh, Steve Gonzalez from Ghost Hunters um, and Ghost Nation. It's a book about his favorite haunted locations and all the things that happened to him there, um, <clears throat> plus a lot of his insight on you know the industry and and the well not so much the industry but the the craft of of uh, paranormal investigating and stuff like that. Uh, and that one came out in August, and that's the one that's uh, just became a national bestseller, and it's uh, really doing really awesome. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I, you also did a, a book with a with some kind of unknown horror film guy, didn't you? Um, maybe with my company. I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Well, it, it, uh, it, it's about a guy. Uh, I believe this horror film guy. He wasn't very famous. He always wore a mask. Everyone in the movies that he oh. did. Yeah, yeah, no one knows who he is, yeah. Um, yeah, with, with Kane Hodder, yep. And he was Jason in Friday 13th Part 7, 8, 9, and 10. And he was uh, he played the main character in the Hatchet movies, all four Hatchet movies. 
as well as literally over 300 uh, film and t- television credits, everything from 70s. He did episodes of Wonder Woman and Dukes of Hazard, um, all the way to he was a stunt coordinator on Days of Our Lives in the 80s, um, to working in like movies like Seven and Gone in 60 Seconds, to all kinds of major films over his career. Yep. And uh, I, I want to introduce you to my co-host. Now, uh, uh, his name is Matthias. He he goes by the uh, modern nightmare here on the show. And uh, uh, now, uh, uh, i got to ask you, Matthias, you, you've never heard of Kane Hodder, have you? No, I can't believe I actually have heard of this guy, surprisingly. So tell us, what uh, I'm sure you got questions about uh, 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 this guy has had, think about this, the guest that we have on, you're going to like this, Matthias, he's not only had breakfast, with Kane Hodder. Uh, Kane Hodder, uh, did he ever try and roast you over an open fire? Me? Oh, he's yeah. he's done many things to me. He's, he's been uh, pretty much my best friend for the last 12 years. I just spent the last three weeks with him. We were doing uh, appearances. We did Kentucky, Pennsylvania, and Florida together. We just did uh, book signings together. Um, but he has done many things. I've been to five countries with him and about 40 states together, and we have done all kinds of stuff. We even had our own reality TV show together. So we've done... We've done pretty much everything. He hasn't tried to uh, burn me over a fire yet, but pretty much everything else. And, uh, Matthias, I'll let you ask more questions of that. So here's my question. When are you guys coming to North Dakota to hang out with me in the nightmare? North Dakota? Uh, that would be awesome. That's one of the few states I haven't been to. I've only been uh, – there's only five or six states I haven't been to, and it's up there like North Dakota, South Dakota. Uh, so we would love to. Get us an event. We'll come up in any time. Now, Matthias, let me ask you this. If uh, – we could get Kane Hodder down here. You would let him stay in your guest room, would you not? Yeah, once they get my house, of course. <laughs> so what do you got for a guest? Go ahead, Matthias. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NFC World Tag Team Champion and APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon-to-be APW United States Champion and NFC World Heavyweight Champion and honorary member of the Green Order. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Matthias, welcome to my part of the program. Uh, yes, as Icon uh, has mentioned, I am known as a modern nightmare here on the show. Uh, horror films, uh, especially slashers, have been my absolute favorite throughout the years. Uh, my first ever film I ever got to saw was Scream, and then one of my first ever franchises I ever saw fully through was exactly Friday the 13th. Um, and awesome. I will say, Kane, and I will say, Kane Hodder. Um, He's your hero. Was well. I wouldn't say necessarily hero, because I'm my own hero, but uh, <laughs> he is uh, definitely one of my favorite ever uh, actors to play Jason. Uh, he yep. is one of the uh, the best ones to perform uh, under the Jason uh, moniker, and I've been uh, and it's been it's been kind of cool. Icon kind of teased it that we were going to be talking to somebody that worked around him, and so I, I thought that was kind of cool. But don't forget about Hatchet. Yeah, and Hatchet, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hatchet is one of my other favorite horror movie uh, series that I've gotten to see. Uh, but I guess one of my main questions to you was, was it was there a, like, when you were writing the book about uh, Kane, for example, uh, was there a lot that you had to kind of, like, trim down to uh, get down to a certain amount of pages? Or could you, or was there, you know, just, you know, a lot of material to go off of, like I said, that you had to cut? Or was it kind of just, you know, I can write as much as I want until I'm, I'm done? Uh, yeah, I mean, th- there was a lot of stuff that we didn't put in um, more for the sake of not making it a giant opus. 
Um, however, we did release uh, uh, last couple of years ago on the 10th anniversary of the biography. We actually released a limited edition, and it has an extra 400 pages in it. So there's there was a lot of stuff that we, uh, we we took and we put in there and stuff. So so there's a lot of stories that for the the normal edition that we took out um, or trimmed down because you know he, he literally when you've worked on 300 different movies you know there's there's countless stories that you can tell um, you know and all the things he's done. I mean the, the amount of stunts he's done is insane. He literally has jumped out of a moving helicopter onto a moving train with no safety net, no safety gear, nothing like that. Like you know, can you imagine that? You, is, you you could do something like that. I get nervous just getting out of bed in the morning. <laughs> I feel like my knee's going to give up. But anyway, um, I, think, I guess another question I'll, I'll give to you is, because uh, I just, I got to know, what is one of the most interesting uh, Kane Hodder stories that you personally have, whether it be on a, a movie set or going out somewhere or something that Kane Hodder did that kind of just sticks in your memory? Wait, did he wake you up wearing uh, a mask? Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. I'll tell you. So obviously, one of his favorite things is, is to scare people. He loves playing pranks and jokes and scaring people. I mean, he's literally, you know, he's in his sixties and he still travels with like fake poop and and fart sprays and things like that because he just loves playing <laughs> jokes. That's funny. Like literally, he does. Like we, we, uh, me and my daughter went out to dinner with him a couple of weeks ago, and he had a fake tongue that he kept just playing with the whole time to like scare people in the restaurant, like looking like he he poked his tongue with the fork and stuff. Um, did did so they know who he was? Thing. No, no. That's the funny part. Is people just look at him and say, like, "What the hell's wrong with that guy?" <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but he. Uh, so we were in Germany, and we were in a hotel on like the seventh floor, and you know it was like this beautiful old hotel, and I had a we had a I had a balcony that like opened up with like you know big flowing curtains, and I went out in the balcony and looked out over the village, and I'm like, "Oh, this is gorgeous." Um, but it was a solo balcony, like there was no, not connected to anything else. And so I left it open and I woke up in the morning. I'm like, oh, it's beautiful. You know, it's, it's nice. I'm laying in bed naked, you know, because I'm in a hotel room by myself, doors locked. And all of a sudden, a shadow filled the door and the curtains ripped through and Kane just screams and jumps on my bed. And like, I literally, <laughs> I thought I was, I like, I literally thought I was dead. I just screamed and screamed and curled up into a ball and then he's just laughing and laughing but I'm like and I'm in my head I'm like I'm on the seventh floor in a locked room in a balcony I'm like what the how did this just happen and so he literally climbed from balcony to balcony to get to my room you know hanging seven floors above the ground and jumping like a six-foot gap just to play that prank on me like, like that's, that's the dedication that that man will put into scaring somebody, and so that so was the most I gotta, memorable scare. I got to ask you, Matthias. Now, if we're, we're going to try and get this done, I, I, I promise you, I'm going to try and get this done because I know Kane Hodder is your hero. I know that, so I'm going to try and get this done. My question to you is, uh, uh, to our to our guest here, Mike, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Matthias. I'm going to ask you this: if uh, if Kane would want to would knock on your door and want to come into your apartment, would you uh, make him earn his way in, or would you just let him in? Well, you know, in my house, I, or his? No, house, no, I'm, I'm asking Matthias. Well, you know, okay, if, yeah. if, I, if, I, if I knew immediately who he was and I knew, like, hey, this is Kane Hodder, you know, one of my favorite horror movie villains of all time. Of course, I'd let him in. 
I mean, if you try to scare me, I don't scare too easily, but, you know, I'm always down for it. Of course you don't. You're on this show. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, like I said, horror's been my favorite uh, genre of film and subgenre being slashers all my life. And, you know, like I said, he's been one of my favorite serial killers of all time, whether it be Jason Voorhees or it be um, Victor Crowley or anything like that. Um, he, has, he has murdered people in oh so many very creative ways and that's one thing that he he has over a lot of different people uh he has murdered people in so many different ways whereas then like you know robert england played freddy krueger you know he does a lot of stuff inside the dreams but like jason has killed people while they're hanging in a sleeping bag he smashed him against a tree or he throws a, a girl's face and smashes against the counter and victor crowley he used a sort of weapon uh, an assortment of weapons, an assortment of all this kind of stuff just to, uh, you know, take somebody's life. But if I could sit down and have an interview with him, that would be just like when I get to interview him for a wrestler. It would just be kind of interesting just to kind of dig in their own head and um, just kind of get some stories out of them. Because it's always, it's always fun when yeah. I get to talk to somebody who I know well or something like that or get to know about them. You know, Mike, and I'll understand if you uh, turn us down for this, but what would we have to do? Uh, to have you uh, send us a couple autographed books of uh, your biography with Kane Hodder. What would we have to do to have you sign a, send an autographed copy to Matthias and myself and maybe a, a couple for our giveaways for our listeners? $1,000. No. Is that all? I'm okay. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, if, if, I, if I sell you everything I own, I could probably buy you lunch. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, just uh, send me your info. We'll send you out some. Okay, I will I will send that to that. Now, uh, the other thing I was going to ask about, a lot of people, uh, you know, of course, associate uh, Kane with, uh, you know, Hatchet and uh, Jason and Friday the 13th, but my favorite role of his was actually when he played the BTK killer. Um, I, yeah, I actually yeah. loved him in that movie. And I had no idea, because I'll admit, I'm not a horror film guy like you guys are. I had no mm-hmm. idea that when I was watching that movie that someone said, did you know that that's the guy that played Jason? I'm like, no, it's not. That's that's the guy that's playing the BTK. No, that's, that's Kane Hodder. Yep. I know who it is, but he didn't play Jason. Jason is somebody else. And then like, you know, and uh, unfortunately, I bet a guy $100 that the guy in the BTK was not Jason. I, uh, I obviously <laughs> lost. But, uh, yeah. yeah, maybe you can help me make up some of my losses with a couple of crap books. Yeah, uh, it, well, it's funny because he, he's headlining or headlined and still does uh, a ton of films in the last about 20 years where it's just it's just him with no makeup. Um, and that's actually how I ended up contacting him was because I watched uh, Ed Gein, which was uh, stars him in the lead role. And it was actually made by the same director and writer. And I watched that movie one day, and, he, and there's a scene where he has his shirt off and he has all the burn scars on him. And so I was like, I want to read his biography. And when I looked up and saw that he didn't have one, um, I wrote a proposal and I sent it to him, thinking I wouldn't hear anything of it. And he ended up contacting me and we started talking. And I promised him that we wouldn't put out the book until he was 100% happy. And, and it worked out, you know. And now we're, you know, 13 years later, we're still hanging out together, which is, it is pretty crazy. Now, when you, uh, when you, uh, you know, you said you didn't think any, anything would come, uh, come of it. Uh, were you uh, were you like totally ecstatic when he agreed to it, or are you like, hey, uh, just another day at the office? Oh no, I mean I was freaking out because it, it was you know 
it was early in my career, um, and I remember answering the phone. It was a blocked number, and I answered the phone, and I'm, like, thinking it was, like, a spam call. So I answered, like, you know, like, hello, what do you want? You know, and it's, like, a weird voice to make it look like it wasn't me. And uh, he was, like, Mike, it's Kate Hodder. And I was, like, uh, what? And so I thought it was fake at first. And then, um, you know, so I was freaking out, freaking out. And then it, we, we talked for about a month or two before he decided to go with me. And I remember when he finally said, okay, let's do it, I was driving home, um, and I was literally just about to pull my, my house, and I stopped the, the car, the car, and I hung up, and I got out, and I danced around my car. My wife like looking out the window going, what the hell is he doing? So it was a, it was a huge deal for me, um, and it still is because his book is what basically completely turned my entire career, uh, you know, to being just like a kind of a normal writer to where, you know, now celebrities actually ask me to write the book. You know, I did – um, I just came off of doing seven weeks in a row, of, and I did five states and appearances all over. And um, I literally got asked four different times by celebrities to do their books, you know, which is, you know, pretty crazy to be standing there at, an, at a convention. All of a sudden, celebrities are coming up to talk to me and introduce themselves and asking me to do something. So, you know, but it's all because of Kane, because Kane took a chance on me. And, and since, you know, I did his book and everyone trusts him and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it's amazing. He's like my biggest cheerleader, which is, which is really awesome. So if uh, someone uh, like uh, myself wanted uh, to have you write their autobiography, uh, do uh, you have to uh, do you have to have like uh, a person sign a waiver? Uh, do you have to say, uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I will definitely do your autobiography, but when it comes to the profits, I get ninety five percent, you get two, and uh, the publisher gets the rest. Uh, or uh, how, how would that work if someone wanted to have you write their autobiography? Because I'm kind of curious about that. Uh, I mean, for me, it's like I really do only do celebrity ones right now. Um, and I'm, I already have two celebrities lined up that I'm going to be working with. Um, so I'm kind of booked up and stuff. But if, I, if someone that was a regular person um, wanted me to do the biography, it would have to be something that, you know, I'm passionate about and really interested in, uh, you know, their story and stuff. And I feel like it's going to connect with people and be something interesting. Um, but then there's a lot of contracts and negotiations and figuring out, you know, um, percentages and stuff. And it depends, like, if, you know, sometimes <clears throat> when I work with somebody, they want to write their own draft first, and then I'll clean it up and add things to it. Um, but most of the time, I'm writing the thing from scratch to fin- or, you know, from start to finish, um, and they just read it and give notes, uh, which is a tremendous amount of work and stuff. And so, you know, we kind of figure out how the writing process is going to go, and then um, – we either pitch it to a publisher or we go with, with, you know, or we already have somebody. And so it's kind of a, kind of unique for each person and each, you know, each book and stuff and, and what we're going to do with it. And what is that, what is that term, uh, 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 something licensing? Do you know what I'm referring to? I can't think of the, uh, uh, the term right now. Do you know what I'm referring to? Uh, licensing? Like, yeah. Uh, for, for like what, like stuff made, made after the book? Well, no, it's like, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, oh, creative liberties. That's what I'm thinking of. Like, uh, oh, yes, yes. do you like, do you like, yeah, do you like to get, take, uh, creative liberties, uh, with an author, or with an author, with, with a, with a person writing a book, or do they say, uh, you can't, you have to, you have to do this, you have to do this, you cannot say anything about this. Does that ever happen? And are you like, just like, no, that I'm not interested? Yeah, I mean, so it really depends. I mean, all, all, uh, nonfiction has, uh, it, you know, it's called creative nonfiction because nobody remembers line for line every single thing, how every single thing worked, you know. So when a celebrity tells me a story, <clears throat> they'll tell me the whole story, 
um, and what they remember. And I have to add in kind of color to it and, you know, paint the mood in the room and the scene and how things happen. So the little things are added to make it readable and enjoyable. Um, but each person's different on like how deep they want to go and what they want to stay away from. <clears throat> like I know with, uh, with Savini, there was a bunch of stuff that we ended up cutting cause he just wasn't comfortable talking about it yet. Um, and then like, uh, with Steve's book, with the ghost hunting stuff, uh, he was very, very particular about making sure that uh, paranormal investigating was presented in the proper light and that the terms were, you know, correct and, and that people could really, you know, no one was going to be able to look at it and say, oh, wait a minute, you know, come to him about something. So we were very, very particular, um, more so with that book rather than a, a book that was just someone's life story. Because, you know, we're talking about techniques and, and locations and history and stuff like that. So stuff like that is much more, you know, critiqued and analyzed and stuff like that. And, you know, figuring out what can go in, what can't go in and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's always you know, case just, by case. With different... Yeah, you get, you had another book. I'm kind of curious. Uh, I'm just wondering if it was uh, ever inspired by the uh, Sonny and Cher show. Uh, V-A-M-P, Vamp. Oh, yeah, that was, a, that was a short story that I wrote about a, a vampire. But and, I did not know there was a funny and share vamp one. Well, well, actually, there there was a skit that they used to do, uh, and not uh, that anybody cares, but there's a skit that she used to do uh, where Sonny used to play the piano, and she used to lay on top of the piano. And then she always mm-hmm. used to sing, she was a V-A-M-P vamp. <laughs> did not know that. That's funny. And, uh, you know, when, when you're a fan of Cher like I was, uh, you know, you kind of get to know that, and I know nobody cares. But anyway, let's get back to your interview. Uh, we have Michael as our guest here, and uh, we have uh, – well, we still have enough time here. we got about, um, about eight minutes here before that uh, uh, we have to uh, – before our next guest calls in. But uh, my next question to you is, uh, if our fans want to – so we don't forget this. If our fans want to check you out and see it, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? Uh, so I have Instagram and Facebook. Um, however, 90% of what I do, <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting a, I think I'm getting my first cold after being, uh, meeting so many people the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> I am do 90% of my stuff on TikTok. I post to TikTok every single day. Um, I only post on my Facebook, uh, and to, uh, Instagram when I'm doing appearances usually just so people know where I'm, where I'm at doing something. Uh, so Following me on social media, the best place would be on TikTok, and it's just Author Mike on TikTok, which or my full name. And uh, you've also, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the uh, uh, TV series and uh, some of the stuff that you've been on. And we get our information from uh, imdb.com. So if this information is inaccurate, uh, I'll fire them, not us. Uh, but uh, you yeah. have a couple of TV series you did, The Killer and I, uh, Something Wicked This Way, The Chronicle, The Chronics of Podcast, uh, To Hell and Back, The Kane, uh, the Kane Hodder Story. Um, what, uh, I, I, are, you still, are you still doing the, uh, any of those? So uh, a couple of those, most of those were documentary films that I was in, um, especially Kane, uh, The Hell and Back is the documentary based on Kane's book that I wrote, um, and so I'm in that documentary. And The Killer and I was a reality show that Kane and I had. Um, we went on the Because Kane and I have, like, this complete opposite uh, personality to where he's a super tough stunt guy and I'm scared of everything. And so we had this kind of funny dynamic. And when I was writing the book, I wrote a blog. Uh, the book blog became so popular, it turned into a book. 
And then the book became so popular, it got picked up for a reality show. Uh, and so we filmed uh, us doing crazy things like shooting machine guns and breaking into castles in Germany and hand-feeding lions and tigers uh, and driving doom buggies through deserts and doing all kinds of fun stuff. And so that was a reality show. And then um, I ended up having twins, so we, we ended up not doing the second season because I wanted to stay home with my kids. Um, but we're kind of going back now, and now we have him and I actually have another TikTok as well called Kane and Mike, uh, where we're starting to do some silly stuff on there, uh, and we hope to pitch some new shows uh, eventually, uh, and hopefully we'll do um, some movies as well, some horror movies that we finally think we might be able to get off the ground in the next two years or so. And uh, uh, don't take this the wrong way, but uh, you know, like the pictures on imdb.com. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but. Uh, what I love is you got this you got this hilarious look and a smile on your face, and then Kane's got this look like, dude, what are you doing? Yep, that's our dynamic, exactly. It's, it's funny because <laughs> yesterday, because uh, uh, the last couple of weeks, Kane does these photo ops where he puts on the, the, the Jason costumes, and so he did, like, the uh, Uber Jason Part 7, Part 8 costume, and so I'm always with him, and, you know, and I, always take, I take pictures, and he yells at me all the time because he's like, like, you do the same dang goofy face in every picture. And I'm like, that's me. You know, so I always have this big gaping smile, you know. So that's my, that's my goofy smile, yep. And uh, 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 I know that uh, Kane's probably not listening, but uh, you can play in this interview. But uh, Matthias, uh, do you know uh, what, uh, what wrestler did you, would you say uh, Kane looks most like? Uh, well, Kane's almost like a big boss man type situation. Just, I would say not as thick. But, um, like in the face region, I would definitely have to say more of like a big boss man type situation. Um, other than that, it's, uh, nothing's really crossed my mind. How about the yoga man? I was just going to say, so yeah, if you man. put a picture yeah. of Diamond Dallas Diamond Page, Dallas Page. next to Kane, they look like they're twin brothers. And, and even Kane actually, I've been with Kane multiple times where people actually said, oh, my God, Diamond Dallas Page. And he's like, no, it's not me. And Kane's like, hey, do I look like I do yoga? I kill people <laughs> on set. <laughs> yep. And, I, and I'm supposedly... just kind of curious. Go ahead. Um, I don't know wrestling that much, but supposedly – uh, the wrestler Kane is based off of Kane. Um, from my understanding, I don't know anything about this, but he ha- he wore a mask and he has like a burn backstory, which Kane you yep. know, obviously wore a mask forever and has a burn backstory. Um, yep, that so is true. That he was, yeah, so um, I, I, I haven't ever heard it confirmed, but I've always heard that he was based off of, of Kane, so I'm not sure though or not that ha- that's true. Yeah, that, that is true. Uh, that is true. In storyline, Kane was the Undertaker's brother in storyline. Okay. Okay. And, uh, yes, he wore a mask. And uh, what's interesting is uh, Kane was a character that was invented by Bruce Pritchard. You probably know him as Brother Love. And uh, did you okay. know that uh, uh, Bruce Pritchard's son is actually named after Kane? I didn't know that. Do that. That's awesome. That's funny. So uh, we got about uh, two minutes here real quick here. Uh, so what we can do is also, if our fans wanted to buy your books, where can they get your books? Uh, they're available everywhere, um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Audible, uh, Kindle, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, so they can get them absolutely anywhere, or authormike.com is uh, my personal website where they can get signed copies and uh, see where I'm doing appearances. I'm done for the year, 
but they can check out where I'm doing appearances and new books and stuff on awesomemike.com. So uh, if so, if we wanted to, if we had an event out here that we that we want to get you out here, uh, uh, can I? Uh, and actually, uh, people will say, "Why did you do this?" But you actually gave me your phone number, uh, which is a miracle in itself. And I promise I'll stop calling you because I know who you're friends with now. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if we if I if we can get you out here for an appearance, you think we could do that? And I promise you, we will not get you. We will not have you come out here in the dead of winter. I promise you that. No. Yeah, absolutely. Just uh, get a get us a lecture or a signing somewhere, and Kay and I will come out, and we'll film a bunch of TikToks out there and and have fun. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we do appreciate you taking time on your schedule. You are awesome. We love everything that you do, and uh, uh, can't wait to uh, get the uh, some of those autographs for you. And uh, you know, uh, you um, you're just an awesome guy, man. And uh, I know that Matthias and myself would love to be able to hang out with the people that you do on a regular basis. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, I took a photo yesterday with uh, Robert England, Doug Bradley, Kane, and Bob Elmore for Leatherface. So there was all all four legendary people, and I got to hang out with them all day yesterday, which was awesome. Hey, uh, are you going to be posting that picture on your website? Uh, eventually, yeah, I'll put one up on my my pages. Usually, on the TikTok, I post that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the reason why I was asking is because uh, Matthias wants me to uh, Photoshop uh, him over where you're standing. <laughs> exactly. Cut me out put him in there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Mike, you're awesome, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, if you'd, uh, if we didn't bore you too much, if you still love us, uh, we'd love to have you on again. And maybe uh, you can bring uh, 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 Mr. Hodder with you, and I'd be willing to uh, float some uh, funding the way to make that happen. Sure. That'd be great. Awesome. Take care, bud. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks. Grab me on, guys. All right. Now, Matthias, now tell me, was that not everything you wanted it to be and more? Well, you know, Kane wasn't on, but, you know, it's always uh, it's always nice to talk to somebody that you know or that you're familiar with and people that get to meet people you're familiar with, so you get to kind of hear stories about people that you, you kind of know about. So, yeah, it's, it's always fun getting to talk to somebody new like that. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick little uh, break out here. Uh, We'll be back after these messages uh, with our next guest, so stay tuned and do not go away. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended stay pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle right now, he is a director. He is known by three names alone. You say this name in Hollywood and everybody knows who you're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Roderick Dryden Morrison. Hey, this is Roderick Dryden Morrison. You're listening to The Attitude Era, Monday Live, Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM, with your host, the icon, and also the big swing and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you, sir? Good to have you with us tonight. Oh, I'm awesome. I am super good. How are you guys? Good. We're going to have a lot of fun here with you. We uh, we got uh, plenty of time here with you. we got about uh, 30 minutes. Uh, of course, we will take a break at the top of the hour to um, 
to uh, play the uh, the legal IDs and uh, pay some of the bills here at the station. But how are you, man? Good to have you with us. Uh, you're uh, you've directed a lot of films, have you not? Oh yeah, I've directed a lot of bunch and assistant direct and a whole bunch of stuff. In fact, yesterday I was acting or I acted in a project about uh, a month and a half ago, and we have had it in 18 film festivals. And yesterday. I did a quick little four-hour road trip and uh, played it at a really cool film festival and uh, made it back right after. It was like a lot of fun, and it's been it's been going through the festivals and it's been doing pretty good. And what was the name of that film? But I, it was called Beware of D. It's a nice short film about uh, some uh, uh, some girls who run out of gas and uh, they get kind of stuck in like a. Uh, a junkyard and they're trying to find you know help and uh, they stumble across this junkyard and uh it has a little bit of a witch problem wow so it's kind of like uh junkyard wars meets the Blair witch project exactly exactly it was it was a lot of fun to to act in i was kind of like the comedic relief uh i played a character named farty marty and uh i had a lot of fun in it and it, it's been doing really good now, uh, like like we mentioned here, you have uh, you have several projects to your credit that we definitely want to talk to you about and uh, talk to you about some of the people that uh, you've worked with. Uh, one of the projects I do want to ask you about, and uh, I do believe you were an extra or you were a crew on the set uh, for The Gray uh, with uh, Liam Neeson. Is that correct? Absolutely. In fact, you know the, the poster where he's like uh, Liam Neeson is looking out and he has like a blood on his face and he's looking out. Do you know where he was looking? He was looking directly at me. I was standing right next to the camera and I'm like, um, why is, why is he staring at me? And I couldn't get out. And, um, yeah, I was, uh, that was one of my first projects. I was a production assistant on it and I had so much fun. Um, I was actually also in charge of, we had a polar bear on it, but unfortunately we had to cut the polar bear, um, from the final movie. And the polar bear was great. It was kind of funny because there was a little part where when they were transporting the polar bear, they used um, water from like a hose, but there's uh, fluoride in it, right? And polar bear's fur is naturally translucent. So the fluoride turned it pink. So the polar bear showed up on set and it was bright pink. And we're like, uh, what? (laughs) Well, uh, the reason I think... I think the reason why he was staring at you because he he wanted you to quit calling him Qui Gon. <laughs> it was so hard not to not to say. And I, I when I met him, I didn't know he was Irish, and it was also um, it was negative thirty degrees Celsius. Now I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it is it was very cold, very cold. And Parker, we, we call that a winter's day. <laughs> and. I, I kind of asked him if he had a speech impediment or if he was cold. I didn't know he was Irish. <laughs> I didn't do my research beforehand because in all of his movies, he has an American accent. And I just, I, I didn't know what was going on. And I was very new to film. And that was actually one of my first credits in, in film was that show because I wasn't telling any of my friends I worked in film yet. And then my friends watched the movie and they watched the credits and they're like, wait a minute, this is Robert Dryden Morrison. 
And so they all phoned me up, and they're like, do you work in film? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Who told you? And they're like, we watched, we saw your credit. And I'm like, oh, I got you. Uh, Roderick Morrison's our guest here. We got, uh, well, we got about the 25 minutes here with our buddy. Uh, so uh, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions, and we'll do, uh, we'll, we'll send it over to my uh broadcast partner, uh, the Modern Nightmare Matthias, because I know he's going to ask you a few questions, but uh, a couple of the other projects I want to ask you about, uh, you, you were involved in The Predator, uh, probably uh, one of my favorite things I definitely want to talk about, you got to, you got to hang out with Supergirl, uh, that had to have been awesome, uh, let's see, uh, Jingle Bell Bride, uh, The Christmas Aunt, The Christmas Doctor, A Christmas Tree Grows in Korea... Do you have an obsession with Christmas? Are you going to be the next Tim Allen? No. <laughs> um, Christmas movies are a lot of fun. They're like a quick turnaround um, to jump on. You kind of jump on. We shoot them in about three weeks, right? So in the – like, because we usually start shooting Christmas movies around late February, early March, and we go until November. So with you can do them three weeks back to back to back. Right, so you can just get so many done in the year. They're a lot of fun to work on. Um, they're a lot of kind of the same kind of same kind of thing, and uh, it's just it's 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 a lot of the same crew, right? So you kind of get to know each other. It's like working on a series, but it's a different vibe. It's it's just there's so much fun to just mass produce, and just you have so much fun making them. You know, you get connected with everybody involved in talent, directors, just. I, I I can't say enough how how much fun they are. Now I'm kind of curious. You mentioned that you you started filming Christmas uh, movies in March and you go through November. So let me ask yes. you this: it, it's uh, it's July 4th and uh, <laughs> it's 110 degrees outside, and you go on on set and you're celebrating Christmas. Is that kind of weird? Um. Well. I feel bad for all of our uh, background performers who have to wear the jackets and the uh, what we call here toques, which uh, beanies, if you will, um, and they're and like the mittens and like they're all layered up and it's so hot outside and everybody has to wear it. Um, so one of my jobs on set is I'm the one directing the background and monitoring them and making sure that they're all okay and making sure that they are hydrated and everybody is staying safe because when it gets really hot, you've got to look out for each other. I worked on this one show and we had one of our lead actresses collapse. We had to call an ambulance for her. I can't even remember the name of that show. Um, it was a Disney show um, about witches and it was a lot of fun to work on, but half, sorry, half these shows, I can't remember what they're called. Um, and uh, yeah, um, it's it's funny well, that's because only like, because you've done people, because you've done two hundred of them exactly and I'm, like it's so funny because like um, the normal people walking around you know doing their daily stuff turn the corner and boom we got Christmas trees we got we got people dressed up we got Santa walking on the street and they're like um what what's going on and it always freaks everybody out and I'm just sitting here like yeah. We're doing another Christmas movie. And especially there's a street over in a suburb of Vancouver, British Columbia, where I live in Canada. And we shoot like all the Christmas movies out in this one street every single time. It's this one street. And I'm like, how do you guys not know this by now is that we always shoot here. You know, it should always be Christmas time here. 
And, you know, I'm kind of curious, uh, if a guy like me and a guy like Matthias wanted to come work on a movie with you, what would you have to do to have you hook us up? Um, I would, so my boss is actually the uh, casting director of, like, background, and we can, like, definitely get you guys hooked up to do, like, some background and stuff like that. Um, and depending on, like, what they, if they need anybody featured or, like a certain thing, if there's a certain look they're going for and you guys have it, boom, it's perfect. If not, have you guys like a nice background, bring you guys right up to the camera, like nice walk by and obviously not smile and wave at the camera. You, you, you don't do that, you know? Um, and yeah, I can totally get you guys hooked up. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, we'll, we'll go to Matthias here in a second. And then uh, Matthias, when I give you the signal, that means our top of the hour break is, uh, is going to start. So, uh, I'm going to pass over to Matthias in one second. I mean, there is one movie that uh, you also did that I want to ask about. I think you wrote it about me, because uh, when I called you, I think that's what inspired this movie for you called Strange Calls. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was actually a pilot we did, and that was so much fun. Um, it was. It never actually got put all the way through. But it had it starred Danny Pudi and Daniel Stern, and it was so much fun. And if you're not sure, Danny Pudi is uh, Abed from Community, and Daniel Stern is from Home Alone. He plays Marv, which is the tall bad guy, you know, the wet bandits, the sticky bandits. And uh, oh, that, that was so much fun. Oh, it was so funny. The jokes left, right, center. It was hard not to laugh while we were filming. We were sitting there laughing our butts off. As soon as they said cut, we are all laughing. It was so much fun. You know, um, it was sad. It never got fully approved or anything like that. But, like, what they did was they shot, like, a whole bunch of different versions in, like, nine different countries. And then they chose one. And, unfortunately, ours was not chosen. But it was so much fun to work on. And uh, I, I guess that's probably uh, the reason why I ask about that is, uh, uh, is it rumored that you're actually going to change your middle name from Dryden to Christmas? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, no, it, it should be because of the amount of Christmas movies that, uh, that we make. <laughs> it should be. But, no, um, that would be funny, though. Um <laughs> Uh, we, uh, we we got about uh, two minutes before we take our uh, first break, and uh, I know that uh, the Nightmare has got a few questions for you. Uh, like, uh, I'll tell you what, Matthias, be thinking about this. Uh, 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 Roderick, he is our uh, resident wrestler, and uh, I think it would be great if we could uh, hook you guys up and maybe, like, do, like, a Christmas wrestling movie, like uh, uh, St. Nick Gets Pile Driven or something like that. Oh my goodness, that would be amazing. That would be, we can totally do that up. You know, I'm doing these uh, uh, these smaller independent uh, movies as well. I'm starting the, uh, the ball up and running on those. And we can totally do something like that. That would be amazing. You know, or, I think that would be so know, much fun. You know, or you know how like uh, you have to sign it. Oh, hold on one second. 89.1 Ken's FM. We are listener-supported radio, so the programming you hear on our station is funded by our members and these local and area businesses. So you're hungry, and you're thinking about someplace to eat? 
example, I think of the Shack on Broadway, located in North Fargo at 3215 Broadway. They feature daily breakfast, lunch, and dinner specials and have been twice voted best breakfast in town. They are open at 6 a.m. every day until 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and until 2 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. They take care of all of your to-go needs as well, plus handling that quick meal before or after running to the lakes this summer. I'm thinking Shack on Broadway still. They're at 3215 Broadway in North Fargo. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNMV, Holly Fargo-Moorhead, independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. And we are back here with RDM. So I'm going to introduce you to uh, my uh, my co-host, Matthias. Uh, how about this, Matthias? Get this. A wrestling Christmas movie called the, it, like, you know, how you sign a contract, and sometimes there's clauses in the contract. The wrestling Christmas clause. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. So now if you make if you, so, so if you make a movie like that and I find out about it, I don't get any residuals. This is all recorded. <laughs> it's already on record. Oh no, <laughs> that would be brilliant. I I would love to make something like that. I I swear I'm not copying your idea, but I would love to. We should write something like that together. I think that would be great. I, 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 I have I already have the idea in my head. I just need someone that will uh uh help uh write it. We'll talk about that. But Matthias, what do you got for our our uh, our our Christmas guru here? <laughs> well yes, before talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW world heavyweight champion and NSC world tag team champion and soon-to-be NSC World Heavyweight Champion, APW United States Champion, and the NSC Hardcore Champion. As well as an honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Welcome on to my part of the program. Um, I guess my one of my main questions to you would be, as a director and all that kind of stuff, uh, what has been one of your more... Uh, challenging obstacles that you've had to overcome throughout your entire career uh, in regards to filmmaking and all the processes that comes with it. And you can't say this show because that would be too easy. (laughs) No. Um, I would have to say it would be coordinating all the departments um, and getting everybody to be on the same page and work together because a lot of people have their own visions and what they want to do and it's just kind of coordinating everybody and everybody coming together and doing it, right? Because it's just sometimes on set, just it's so easy to get sidetracked. It's so easy to, you know, see something shiny. And no, you got to focus. Focusing is the hardest thing for me. Um, and so that's what you have to have a great assistant director be like, no, you got to stay on track and have everybody, you know, the DOP can also get distracted easily. So just coming together and bringing a good story to life, I think, is is the the hardest but best thing about filmmaking. Am I still connected? We got you. Did um, I? Oh, okay. I guess another question I would have to say is, uh, what is one of your 
who is one of your favorite directors that you uh, grew up watching? Honestly, like for me, it would be uh, Wes Craven because I've been a horror movie fan all my life. Slasher films are my favorite. The uh, subgenre of film horror being my favorite uh, genre next to comedy. Uh, who is one of your uh, directors that you looked up to that kind of influenced you to get into the career path that you chose? Okay. I have the perfect answer for this for me. Um, unfortunately, his newer stuff is not really on par, but M. Night Shyamalan has to be one of my favorites um, just because of his nuances that he does, his subtlety. That one scene um, in Signs with, like, that alien just casually walking by, that, that scared me so much as a kid. So with subtlety and obvious stuff, you put them together, and it's just so perfect, right? And it's just, if you can do that, and you can orchestrate it well enough, you can just make anything scary. And just, you know, the village, the, um, it's just, I love signs. Uh, like, he was such a great inspiration, and I, I want to be like him one day. Sometimes without the messages that he does, but I want to do the same style, and I also want to act in my own stuff, which if you watch some of the stuff I do, I actually do act in the stuff I direct. Um, well, perfect. So now that will kind of lead into my next question here. So let's say you go back to, like, the early ages of before you uh, even, like, kind of considered doing this kind of stuff. Let's say someone came up to you, like, tomorrow in, like, a dream or something and said, hey, now you have, we're going to take you back to this moment where you finally decided this is what you want to do. Since you've done both, uh, behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and they said you could only choose one to do for the rest of your life, no questions, no take backs, no nothing. Which one would you choose, going in front of the camera and acting or sticking behind the camera and creating? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to have to choose acting. There. I, I have to choose acting. I absolutely love acting because you can become – any any person, anything, and you can create so many different characters from it. So it's still a creative being when you're acting. It's just not, you know, choosing angles and stuff like that. You're creating a character and becoming them. And that itself is just so profound and so much fun to do. I absolutely love that. Um, so I'll have to choose act, acting in that one. anything else I can think of at the moment. So I kind of, I'll let you uh, take over here for a second. I'll see if I come up with anything else. You know, one thing I, I, I do, uh, I do got to uh, ask you about, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of weird. It seems like everybody likes to throw this name in front of their projects. I mean, uh, and, and don't take this wrong way, Roderick, but uh, we've had uh, 25 guests on that have had this uh, name in their title. You're going to, you're doing Abneyville Turkey Day. Why does everybody keep going back to Abneyville? I don't get it. <laughs> because it was is, such is, a is that good Thanksgiving movie at the Abneyville Horror House. <laughs> <laughs> yep, um, it's 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 one of those great projects that you can um, it. People are familiar with it, right? And so it attracts people to it because, like, when you or I, we see Amityville, we're like, ooh, it's going to be good. It's going to be scary because you can relate to the Amityville horror, right, with that, that house and the, the guy going on that 
spree that he does. And so that's kind of the, um, the thing that they're doing is, is they're, they're just grabbing it and you can make anything Amityville. Like, you know, working in the Amityville Turkey year, that was so much fun, but you can, there's, there's more coming out. The Amityville, um, oh, I can't remember. There was one with like witches or something that, that they were talking about doing. And there's just so many. And all of us, like, at least for me, I see Amityville as an actor and I want to work on it. I, I feel like it's just going to be a fun project to work on just because we can relate to it as, you know, because just when we were growing up, you know, that's what we watched, the Amityville Horror. But I don't, I, well, I don't, don't know the real reason. Well, you know, it's just kind of funny you mentioned that because, uh, uh, and uh, our parents were like, oh, man, Icon's going to ask a question. And no, we are not changing the name of the show to Amityville uh, uh, Monday Live Monday. We're not doing that. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's just kind of cool that, uh, you know, with all the projects that you've been involved in, like I say, and I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say you've been involved in the hundreds of things, but I'm just kind of curious, and this is, uh, this is kind of an ego thing for me because this is the way I would have it. I could ask you if you have this. Uh, when someone walks into your house, right, and then you take them down to your man cave and you have, like, movie posters of every single movie you've been involved in, and then you have, like, the signed script underneath the poster, and then you have, like, a shelf of all the different DVDs and movies that you've been in, and then you, like, uh, you have, like, uh, like a card catalog. Uh, put this movie in the thing. Fast forward to uh, two, uh, two hours and 47 minutes or you see my name. You've got to have something like that, right? Um. So you know how you said the word man cave? My entire uh-huh. house, my entire house is that. I got movie posters. I got Funko Pops. I got um, everything. You know, I got signed posters everywhere. I got signed Funkos. I got signed collectibles. I got um, from like movies that I've worked on and projects. And it's just, I. I'm one of those, you come into my apartment and you kind of get overwhelmed with the amount of stuff I have. And I'm like, no, I still have more stuff that needs to be hung up on my wall. I just don't have any room. So it's all See, here's sitting the there until one day I can put more. Here, here is where you are my hero, okay? Because uh, my wife and I, we have the all sports house. Everything in the house is related to sports. Everything. Except for my wife's kitchen, she has the Betty Boop kitchen. But everything else oh. is sports, from the from the bathrooms to the uh, to the each rooms. I mean, we have a, a a room. Not that you care, but we have a room dedicated to each one of our favorite teams. We have the NDSU Bison room. We have the Red Hawk room. We have the Viking room. Uh, we have uh, we have my man cave uh, where I have all my stuff and all my bobbleheads. Everything in our place is related to sports. The garage is full of – I mean, people accuse me of being a hoarder. There's a difference between uh, what you and I do and what a hoarder, a hoarder does. A hoarder will just collect something and keep it for no reason. We collect it because it means something. It's worth something. Am I right? Uh, help me with oh, this. Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%. I have, like, a newspaper clipping of me kind of – um, of they were taking a picture of like a local production like crew like them filming a Christmas movie in the local town and of course I'm standing in front of the camera posing and I have a clipping of that like I don't have the entire newspaper but I got I got that clipping you know I got I have stuff that means things to me 
because it's my house. <laughs> well, uh, I, you, I, you're not going to believe this. What? But I got a confession to make. What? I have been uh, in our local newspaper six times. And every time oh, I've no. been in the paper, every time I've been in the paper, I go to as many places I know and I buy as many copies as I can find. <laughs> uh, and I don't, I don't know if you ever did, did this like I did, like the first time I was on the front page of the uh, uh, the Fargo Forum here. That's our local paper. Uh, Matthias, do you remember when Garth Brooks played here the first time? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was actually uh, standing in line, and my I was on the front page of the newspaper with my father. And uh, I went and I bought uh, 200 copies of that paper. <laughs> and I sent one to every one of my and I sent one to every one of my relatives that thought I was a loser at the time. And I said, Hey, <laughs> see, look at me. I'm on, yeah, I'm on the front page of the paper. You guys aren't. Now tell me, you've done that, right? Uh I haven't sent it to anybody, but I've definitely gone around and collected and be like, Yeah, this is me and I might have taken a picture of it and posted it online on different social media things, going, Look at me. You know, um, definitely. And um, like with this uh, this last project I worked on, Beware of D, we've actually been going around whatever city our um, project is in, we go around the entire city and we put posters up everywhere. Um, I know it's not really relating because it's kind of, you know, you're taking and but we're giving, but we do both. You know, we're just excited to see ourselves and see ourselves achieving and like being the best that we can be. Uh, Roderick, Mor- Roderick Morrison, so I guess we've got about uh, three minutes here left with our buddy here. Uh, so so we can do this so we don't forget. If our fans want to check out see if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, I'm a big fan of the Icon page. What do you got? I got all of that. Um, RDMP Films is my uh, my TikTok and my socials. Uh, I do have a website. I'm, I'm building another website, but I have a website I'm currently doing for uh, – um, uh, radio drama that I'm currently producing and acting in called Afradio Radio Broadcast.com. So we got that up. They can go and listen to some very spooky, scary uh, podcasts where we uh, recreate. It's like watching a movie without the visuals, you know? So it's perfect for when you're on the train, when you're on transit. And it's just a lot of fun. Um, and like, again, socials are, are RDMP dot films i think or rdmp films try both and, uh, one, see which one comes up and i'm just kind of curious that uh, that cool little collector's card i made for you for your appearance today i'm sure you uh you uh blew that up and uh, i'm sure it's probably on the ceiling in your living room right <laughs> oh yeah i got it right on the fridge and i'm like look it that's awesome i send it to everybody i'm like look at this and people are like what i'm like yes that's awesome. I love it. Well, I'll I love tell you what, it so we, much. We, we got about a few minutes here left with you. Uh, and uh, for those of you who listen to our, our, our page, our, our show from time to time, uh, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to 89.1 Kent's FM page, like that. Do a $10 month donation for this hour. You automatically qualify to win a autographed picture from past guests, current guests, future guests. And if I'm not mistaken, have you or will you be sending us a few uh, autographs for giveaways? Absolutely. Absolutely, I will be doing that. You guys will be getting that uh, uh, soon, very shortly. All right, and I sent, and I sent it, you that information uh, on 
with the with today's show link for you, so you can uh, uh, invite people over for tea and crumpets and listen to your uh, your guest spot on our on our show. Oh, absolutely! I've already blown it up as well, and some of my uh, friends and followers might currently be listening right now too. All right. Well, let's give a shout out to them, and we want to thank them for listening, and thank you for uh, uh, bringing me more uh, fans. Of course. Thank you for doing what you do. I, we really appreciate it. And this has been uh, truly amazing to be on your channel, being on, on your show. And uh, thank you so much. And do you think we can get you to come back? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. I, have, I am one of those people where I never stop talking. I have stuff to talk about at all times. So that's why I'm a better actor than director because, again, I get sidetracked and I can babble on about nothing. Like right now, I'm babbling about babbling. Like, I can just keep talking. So I love to talk, and so I would love to be on your show. So let me ask you this. When you're directing, you say quiet on the set. You're the only one that's not quiet? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I'm like, quiet. wait a minute. That's me. And, like, other people are like, you're supposed to be direct. I'm like, I, I know, I know. <laughs> you know. But I get so wrapped up in, like, shiny things and, like, talking to the actors and giving them different points to do different you know, things, and I just get so, I, I just dive into that hole where you just start, and, and then you lose track of time, and then you just, it, it's, it's a weird place to be. It's a weird place to be, especially as somebody who gets sidetracked and loves to talk. Right. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, you're, you're probably just like me. Uh, you probably talk in your sleep, too? Absolutely. I talk in my sleep. I talk, I, I, I talk to myself. I make jokes. I laugh at my own jokes that I give myself. I, I talk nonstop. And that's why I don't make a very good assistant director or director. You know, I'm like, I'm better as a cast because then I can talk and, like, you know, just be on the spot versus, oh, no, i got to be quiet. I can't be talking. We're rolling. Well, I'll tell you what. That's why you and I on set together, I mean, you and I, uh, I, I swear to God, you, I, I swear you and I are like long-lost brothers. You and I are exactly the same. That's why we got to get some projects done together. Uh, I will uh, contact you uh, in the next week or so, uh, and uh, maybe I can run some of my project ideas with you, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll make millions together, you and myself, and we'll, uh, we'll have a ties with us as well. Oh, I'm 100% down for that. I am totally excited, and uh, I can't wait to hear from you guys. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, our next guest is waiting, so we appreciate all you do, and thank you for joining us and taking time out of your schedule. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm super happy to be here, and uh, super to be happy to be part of this. Thank you guys so much. Take care, bud. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Roderick Dryden Morrison. Hey, that was fun, wasn't it, Matthias? I think I got us another gig. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Our next guest is waiting in the wings. We've got to take a quick little commercial break. We'll be back after these messages. So uh, stick with us, and we will be back right quickly. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at 
KenZFM.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 KenZFM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, our next guest of the night, ladies and gentlemen, he is an awesome gentleman himself. He could have been Smokey and the Bandits. Uh, he could have been uh, a Burn Metal Stunt Double. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Sir Dan Smith. <laughs> wow. That's quite an intro, uh, all I could say, Scott. Um, anyway, hello, everyone. Welcome. And uh, I couldn't have be more honored to have a greater introduction. How are you doing? Good, man. Thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, you, of course, you have the icon here, and then on my uh, right, you have uh, the modern nightmare, Matthias. We're going to have fun with the interview here. We've got plenty of time. Uh, we got about uh, 35 minutes, and the way I understand it, uh, after we ask you a few questions, uh, you uh, have brought uh, some friends with you that we're going to talk to or talk about, so we'll get to that in a second. But first off, you want to give us a little background about yourself, and we'll have some fun with the interview. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, to go back, you know, I'm, a, of course, a baby boomer OGs, as they say today. And um, uh, it's, um, I, I'm somewhat gifted at the age of five, you know, when you're, you know, three to five before you go to school, you go back and digress. And, you know, kids, uh, they develop their uh, uh, traits when they're young, even before they go to preschool. And I, I had a pencil in my hand uh, between three and four years old. And uh, and from, you know, having an idea of I had a thing for lines, and the next thing I know that by the time I was five, I got my first award. When kids are learning how to write their numbers, I did a 3D number at five years old. She held it up to class, and the number was four. And uh, I doubled it up, and they said he, he not only can write the number correctly, but he put dimensions around it. And the rest is history. <laughs> I put stripes in it. It was a lot of fun. That was my first uh, recognition. Certainly, uh, as our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and, and like I said, we got about uh, 35 minutes here with our buddy here. Uh, I'm going to ask you uh, a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable. We'll have Matthias ask you a few, and then uh, we'll come back to me and ask you a couple questions. But one thing I do want to ask you, and uh, you can let me know if this is true or false, is it true that you had Alfonso Rivera uh, dance the Carlton for you? Uh, give me that question again, uh, Alfonso Rivera. What is this now? Yeah. yeah, is it true that you made him dance the Carlton for you? No, it is not true. But what is true is that I interviewed him uh, in um, – Hollywood in Beverly Hills, I, I have to say. And we did a photo op along with some other notable celebrities uh, and, and Westwood. I, I go to so many places, but we interviewed him there, and it's posted on the, uh, YouTube. You'll see our interview along with Dan Cohen, uh, distributor, producer of Paramount uh, Pictures uh, of Films. Uh, he was there at the same time that I had interviewed Mr. Ribeiro. And uh, with with that being said, you you know a lot of celebrities, and I'm guessing that uh, if you had um, a a wall where you would hang up like the pictures of different celebrities uh, that you've had, you've had to build a warehouse. I, am I correct? Uh, oh, I might say, and Vince, um, uh, it, you know the 
the the kindness and the 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 energy and the institution of American entertainment, the history is is incredible of the talents that have we've exported to the world. And for me to just get a a portion of that, being a media host for 13 years, uh, 14 years or so, and I'm still at it. Uh, it, it is just incredible. I, the first person picture I think I will put up would be Johnny Crawford of Rifleman, the Rifleman. And uh, you've also, uh, uh, not only do you uh, interview celebrities, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, are you, um, uh, you're also an, an artist, are you not? Uh, yes. I, 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 that was uh, my major uh, and also uh, – well, I'm a Renaissance man and in the sense gifted uh because all of the art areas of of design, product design, uh automotive design, uh you know, architect, uh I do exceptionally well. Okay, I'm gifted in those areas. So when it came to uh art uh, I majored in art school all, all throughout uh, high school and college. I went to Maryland School of Art and Design for about uh, six months and back in the 70s, of course. Uh, uh, and what happened was the reason why I didn't continue or graduate was because, uh, you know, they had financial, you know, issues. So I went out on my own and, and uh, achieved my dreams by – uh, going out into the world with my uh, experience. And uh, sometimes that's what you have to do. And, uh, of course, achieving everything that I've reached out for, I w- I've really been remarkably blessed to achieve on, on from the lowest level to the highest level of recognition. Uh, Sir Dan Smith, I guess, here on 89.1 Kent FM. we got uh, 30 minutes over. Sir Dan, I'm going to have uh, Matthias ask you a few more, uh, a couple questions in a few seconds. But uh, one thing I do want to ask you about, with all the different celebrities that uh, you've met and you got to interview, uh, you know, I know there's a certain rule, rules and regulations about when you're talking to celebrities and whatnot, but uh, do you uh, – do you ever get like overwhelmed, like, oh my goodness, I'm talking to this guy, I'm talking to this guy, oh, I get to go meet this guy, uh, tomorrow I'm talking to this guy. Uh, does that happen, or is it more like, uh, mm-hmm. like a, just like a, kind of like a been there, done that type thing? Uh, pretty much uh, been there and done that, but, you know, it, it really is like this. You know, when you're a dreamer and, the, you know, the, 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 the joys of success and fame in Hollywood and, the, you know, I mean, he come from all over the world from Hollywood. The, the thing about dreams is when I was meeting these celebrities, you, you know, this is, they are who we are and we are who they are. So your intelligence and your business savvy has everything to do with how you approach them. So if I go there with stars in my eyes in front of Brad Pitt, I'm, I, he's not above me or beneath me. He's achieved something. But we can spar intellectually, intelligently, without making him feel like uh, he's out of place. They, you know, they're, they're normal people just like you and I, but they've made achievements. And that's where people get it confused. But when you go to them, because when I have a microphone in my hand, CDAM, and I'm interviewing them, 
they are raising me to their level, and I'm raising them to my level because the questions that I ask, they're going to spar with your intelligence. And they have, celebrities are extremely sharp people. They, they, they have a read on people for years. That's why Oprah, even before Oprah got really started, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's like plugging into an outlet and you are plugging into all the highly most successful people on the planet. Okay, each time you interview someone, you're uh, abstracting their successes, and they, they, you're getting bits and sound bites of their wisdom of how they made all their money, you see? And it's just going to build, and after a certain point, the money is going to come regardless. But that's, you know, not my primary motivator. You know, I'm motivated by a, a higher source, as you may know. That's awesome. Uh, Cedric, so I get here. Uh, I want to introduce you to my co-host. He, he's the modern nightmare Matthias. He is our, our resident wrestler. And uh, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's uh, met a few celebrities of his own. As a matter of fact, uh, I think a couple of celebrities have beat him up or vice versa. Uh, Matthias, what do you got for our guests? Go ahead. Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NFC World Tag Team Champion and APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon to be NFC World Heavyweight Champion, APW United States Champion, and let's go APW World Tag Team Champion and NFC Cruiserweight Champion, Matthias, an honorary member of the New World Order, Matthias. Now, my main question to you would be, like, I, I'm... Um, I've been kind of listening on and off here. I've got something I'm, I'm having to deal with right now. But my main question to you would be, if you could look back, and, and a lot of people, um, you'll get a varied answer uh, throughout uh, this question. A lot of people will say this person or that person. But who would you say is one of your heroes or one of your main influences uh, that kind of influenced you to take the life path that you've chosen? Yeah, uh, I have to say that's a great question. I, I, um, I you know, being I, I'm a, a, I'm a spiritual uh, person of heart, and when I look for role models, I, I, I tend to reflect more on history and the current leaders of the day that made significant contributions to art, science, and entertainment, and so forth. So that's a great question. But if, you know, in general, if you had asked me uh, my favorite uh, public celebrity that has contributed, it would be Jimmy Stewart, uh, the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I'm a a conservative, but uh, it, it really tells quite a story of the human factor. You know, it's it's funny how you mentioned uh, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, 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 around Christmas this year, uh, we are actually going to have a, and I'm going to go ahead and announce this uh, now, uh, and let's see, we are going to be having her on the 18th of this of December, and it's uh, Carolyn Zuzu Grimes. She was actually, uh, she played uh, Jimmy Stewart's uh, younger Zuzu. daughter. Yeah, yes. she's gonna be on. She's gonna be on a show with us on the 18th of December. So everybody stick around for that. Uh, but oh, we have Cedric yeah. right now. 
I got to ask you, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to uh, keep uh, asking about different people that uh, you interview because I know that you, you could get bored with that. But I got to ask you one other uh, individual that I think you may have interviewed, a probably my first cinematographer hero. Uh, he was most famous for playing uh, Richie Valens, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Uh, have you ever met him? Do you know him? Uh, yes, I have, sir. Yes. Uh, if you go on Facebook, you can find him and I on uh, Serdan Designs, uh, CDAM, and um, it, uh, he, it, 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 he's just a remarkable – it's the energy that they exhibit when they're under the lights – when they're in the public, and when we interviewed Mr. Lou Diamond Phillips, it was uh, a, a real blessing. And I have to say that um, I have to really, uh, you know, compliment my team at that time that allowed that to take place. And Mr. Phillips was quite, quite gracious in uh, answering our questions that um, he felt very motivated to uh answer for us and in a very candid and uh, open way and uh with that being said uh, um you uh, uh i believe that uh your uh your i believe your girlfriend is pretty famous too is she not uh yes she is she is legendary for uh, a host of reasons out of the house of actually motown she was born in new york but she was raised in Alabama and also Detroit and Detroit is where she was groomed and being groomed in Detroit everyone in Detroit from Barry Gordy to Marvin Gaye the Spinners the Four Tops uh, it, it, it was really like a community of music and that time and period in our country this was a new dawning of, of African-American business prominence to be able to be a major world music player on the world stage. And uh, she had the opportunity. Her name is Lady Gigi, and her name is Goddess Barrow. And uh, when you speak of Goddess, when you hear her name, her first cousin is the legendary Joe Lewis, okay, the Brown Bomber back in the 30s and 40s and, uh, and even though then. That, that's her first cousin. But Lady Gigi, she is uh, sang in Indonesia and Finland. And, uh, but being in the blues and R&B, you see there was a, a collaboration of how music was exported on radio. So you had pockets of, of uh, followers and, 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 as opposed to other you know uh, types of music sound during that time for the radio industry you know syndicated music and uh, she made her contributions by uh, singing uh, you know at various you know around the country uh, around the globe and she uh, went on tour with George Clinton and uh, we have several videos of her with some of the uh, greats uh, Johnny Gill uh, Johnny Gill and uh, She's, uh, it, what happened was she did, she happened up. I was asking her about her past and for so many years, she surprised me because she has a lot of archives that we're preparing a book for her. And she pulls out a part of BB King's original business card. And I was stunned and the legendary BB King, they were, 
associates and uh, related to one another. And uh, she's um, sang and opened up for a number of, you know, celebrities, uh, artists, you know, over the years. And uh, I just can't. And she's still singing. She just did a, a show last night and, you know, and contributing her voice to the community. We just can't say enough. And um, we we have some uh, just some really uh, exciting uh, future international uh, uh, travel events that uh, is pending now to uh, uh, for India uh, to take a music group tour, and, uh, and so we're excited about that. And Lady Gigi is uh, uh, I I promote her on my page. You will see her getting out of the limousine with. Uh, 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 Chris Christopher Chris Chris Lamonts. Now now Lady Gigi, she's married to the now you remember the group the Platters. Only yes. you will make my day. well her, her, well you you sing it better than I do of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's her husband. Well, anyway, he had, you know, passed away um, some years back, but uh, she's, you know, picking up her life again. And, of course, music is a moving force, universal factor. And uh, we came together and uh, with her artistic, uh, my artistic uh, abilities and her music uh, wisdom, uh, she is, uh, you know, we collaborated and uh, we, we're just resurrecting all of the great memories and audiences that are hungry for our new uh, crossover show we're preparing for the world. And uh, you, you said she was married to who? Who was her husband? Uh, Eddie Daniels of the Platters, the original okay, Platters. That's, that's, what, that's what I thought. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, there's only uh, one soul, there's only one member left, if I'm not mistaken, from the Platters. Uh, 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 yes, 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 it is. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, you know that's what's so precious about the gifts of the era of the time of music that uh, these groups are, you know, still commemorated, you know, uh, you know, appreciated, and their legacy lives on in other ways that will inspire new artists and you know, new creative producers that will uh, take us to the next level of new generation of music. And you know, with uh, with all the uh, with all the different uh, individuals that you, you've uh, uh, interviewed over the years, and I, we'll, we'll, we'll get to uh, your uh, your current project here in a little bit. But uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I, I hope that uh, when I when I made that comparison at the beginning of the uh, you know, because this is radio, I kind of uh, I kind of have to kind of kind of give a little visual of what you look like. And to me, uh, you know, you you do look like. Uh, a little like Burt Reynolds from Smokey and the Band. Has anybody ever told you that? Uh, yes, I have. I've heard quite a few <laughs> I, from time to time. I, I, I mean, really, it's, uh, it, it's, it's amazing how the world perceives our image. But when you're an artist, you know, it, it, some, you know, from great things from great people that, you know, through their eyes, they teach us and we teach them. But then when great people are not, you know, uh, saying who's who's great and who's not per se, it's, it's it's our labor that defines how who's great and who isn't. But it's just that 
great people have difficulty seeing themselves as they are as opposed to how the world sees them. So, and, and that, that, that can, that a part of being humble, no matter how handsome you are or how gorgeous you are, the humbleness and understanding the wisdom of longevity when you're a celebrity off the stage as well as on the stage sports figure that's popularized in the, in and endowed in the sense of their legacy that uh, their real class act off the field as well and and these are the examples that are most prominent that I've always respected you know I mean the media has to have their uh, spin on it of course but it doesn't change the contribution of that great celebrity that was a decent human being in their field and off their field that uh, you know people can look up to and younger role models can say I like to be like them you never heard about this about them or that they don't allow themselves to be manipulated by the media in a sense. They give of the media, but they know what to say, and uh, you and it's just uh, being who you are. And uh, well, let me ask you this, and I don't want to talk to. Um, I want to ask you about your other your current project, uh, and uh, I'll give you a little hint. I heard it through the grapevine, if you know what I mean. Uh, now, when let me ask you this. Now there, I know there are are some celebrities that we, you know, we've had many celebrities on the show, and uh, of course you're you're one of the the more natural ones. But what would your what is your opinion? And I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but what is your opinion on like uh, like the actors that have like that stuck up personality that like if you you know if you're like not anybody, they're not going to talk to you, they're not giving you the time of day. What uh, is your opinion on uh, individuals like that? Well, it, it really, I, I really don't, uh, I, I'm not, it, it's not necessarily negative. It's just reflecting a weakness. It's, it shows a sign. See, you know, in this, you know, global economy of marketing and, and you know, and profit making and all of the industries of you know, entertainment and elsewhere, NFL, AFL, and all these other institutions, the thing is, is that, it you, you, you it we're all human in the human sense, but when you bring negative energy to any interview, and I'm not saying living in a fantasy world, the world is what it is, wars and you know peace and progress and innovation, all of that's real. But the thing is, is that to export negative energy because of someone's color or because they are not in the mood or because they are so comfortable and lucrative and have taken their success for granted and millions and millions, um, you know, it's, it's a, a sharp person that a people person that's on both sides of the camera and in the industry would recognize that, but sometimes that's incorporated for their own benefit to elevate their financial if their career is not doing well. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an age old thing, but it doesn't change the fact that a person's character, you don't want to export having a bad night the day before and you go on the air and, and you happen to crack and the, the public can sense that. 
uh, you know, you want to export love and do all the good you can in this life, microphone or bully pulpit, uh, any, you know, uh, what, I mean, what can you say? Just you, because goodness is eternal. So you can't go wrong, but they are reflecting their pain. And the world is not concerned about your pain in the general sense of, you know, your celebrity status. They want your love, and you need their love. And uh, it's it's pretty much pretty 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 simple in that sense. But we got to give them the benefit of the doubt, of course. Uh, Sir Dan Smith is our guest here. We got about uh, 12 minutes here with Sir Dan. Now uh, let's talk about uh, the project that you're currently doing. Uh, and uh, I may be wrong in this, but uh, are you doing some like a Marvin Gaye tribute or something like that? Well, uh, I would say, well, not a Marvin Gaye tribute, but uh, I'm a crossover uh, vocalist artist. And Marvin Gaye is my understudy. My only tribute to Marvin Gaye is uh, my beanie cap. <laughs> my beanie cap. And... Uh, but other than that, he introduces because uh, when you have someone of, of his historical music legendary status, uh, new pioneers have to uh, incorporate their talent, which, which I am doing, uh, in a unique way that brings the world something new and different. So that's why in my sh- Marvin Gaye is my intro for my other crossover songs uh and this is what people find so amazing about when i do a show i open up with marvin a marvin gay song and not a, i'm not an impersonator nor do i have any desire to be a marvin gay personator or to you know establish his music but it is to warm the public up they want to dance to and then after I do a Marvin Gaye song, I go right to Elton John. <laughs> and, and when I do an Elton John song, and they say, wait a minute now, we haven't seen this, you know. I mean, the thing is, you have to be able to just pull it off that you're taking people back. See, see, entertainment is categorized and secularized, the shows, once they become famous. But we and this is what makes our project so unique and exciting. And I am not an impersonator. It's just how I sing the song. So when we go, when we did, uh, when I did uh, Elton John, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, uh, that, which we, I sang that at the Pomona Fairgrounds um, uh, three weeks ago. And uh, I, I was the main attraction musically. And uh, what happened was, after they did Elton John, I came back and I did a Frank Sinatra. So they said, now, wait a minute now. That is another a training session altogether. So I did the Frank Sinatra song, and, and then I ended it with a Tony Bennett song. <laughs> I left my heart in San Francisco, and uh, and, and, and people were just amazed because uh, – to, and I also do Motown, the stylistics, um, uh, Junior Walker, Temptations. I, I have a unique voice of uh, command, but uh, at the same time, I do have uh, 
I, I am being treated, and I have concerns because uh, I'm seeing a neurologist, believe it or not, right now. I have a ball in my throat. It's something, you know, I do have issues, but it's not stopping my singing. It's just they have to find out why uh, my esophagus doesn't close. That's that's what they found out, so we'll know next month. <laughs> but, yeah, well, you know, we'll I, be, I'm a I think I can answer our, that. I think I yes. can answer that. Your, your esophagus doesn't close because your heart is so big. That's why. Oh, golly. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I, you know, anything, I'd give it to the world that the world would come to peace, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you what. One, one thing about you, we have, uh, we have uh, Sir Nance, I guess here we got about uh, eight minutes left. And uh, one thing I, uh, we also were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about uh, your girlfriend and uh, possibly have, uh, we'd like to get her on as a guest. But uh, now you um I believe it was, uh, I think, her son that uh, uh, does Michael Jackson or something like that. Is that correct? Yes, 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 uh, Renato Spicer, yes. He's Scorpio. He does Michael Jackson, and he's been, he's he's also was a soul-trained dancer, and he has uh, uh, traveled with um, Barry Gordy's daughter in 28 countries around the globe. Uh, impersonating Michael uh, and his claim the same has led him to work with the Gordies for a number of years and he is into martial arts and uh, he is really a a major Southern California uh, international icon in his own right as as his mother is as well in the blues you know, it's it's funny you mentioned uh, the kind of dancer that uh, he is. You know, uh, I'm known as a I was known as a Chips Ahoy dancer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chips Ahoy, feel the chips. That's <laughs> uh, great. So, so we uh, so we don't forget about this, uh, Sir Dan. If our fans want to check out Steve, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, oh, yeah. a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Yeah, I, 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 they can check me out on uh, mostly all of those. I, I would recommend Facebook and just uh, go to YouTube, and uh, you know they'll 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 find me in you know several areas of uh, uh, the internet, and uh, you know, and not only that, uh, you know, being a writer, I'm a chief correspondent for CDH First Class magazine out of the United Kingdom of Manchester for four years, so Hollywood is in my blood. And uh, but I work both sides of entertainment and the music world and the art world, and I'm very 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 honored that uh, baseball great Tommy Lasorda owns uh, my eight feet by five feet masterpiece painting that he owned he has in his family history, and also Ella DeGeneres she has a, a tribute that I did, and I spent two years on both of their works of art, so I'm very very proud of. Uh, my work history, but yes, there's much work to be done, and we've got people to inspire and help, and uh, we are uh, just very grateful to have this opportunity, and I think you guys are doing a great job, and the best is yet to come. So let me ask you this. What advice would you give us uh, uh, for the future going forward? You, and are you talking about in, in, in the media sense or the social sense of marketing or in, in what regard, uh, if, if, you know? Well, I'll I'm tell you sorry. what, I, you, 
Well, no. Well, when I say that is because, uh, like, I understand advice is not free. I understand that. Well, I guess whatever uh, that whatever advice you can give us uh, regarding most of those avenues would be cool. And I I, I know that's probably going to take oh. like another hour, but we only have another five oh, no. minutes. <laughs> oh no, no, really. Uh, uh, you know, it, everyone that has 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 uh, touched and felt the the sting and the the love of success and their gift is whatever it is you dream and you love. You have to do what you love is what's going to sustain you. That's your salvation. It, it's worth more than you have more than in your heart account than your bank account, okay? So uh, people that have great jobs, six figures, and retire, and blah, blah, and marketing, that's all well and good, but people who love what they do, they never retire until the day and that they, their life expires. So do what you enjoy doing for love. Find, search for the person inside of you, because really everyone is really a star. They just have to find it within them and pick the right role models and mentors that will cultivate that. You know, and one thing, uh, uh, one thing, Sudan, is I don't think there could be, uh, and you, you probably think I'm just saying this because you're on, but it's not true. If anybody would pick a, could pick a role model, you would be one that should be at the top of everybody's list because of how, uh, genuine, how, uh, how genuine and generous uh, you are. Uh, with your time and all that you do in the, in your community, uh, you're just uh, you're just a, a awesome regular guy, and we love everything that we do, and we can't thank you enough for uh, spending a little time with us. I mean, like I said, we got three minutes. I wish it were three more years because uh, you're just wonderful and awesome. And I uh, and hopefully we'll be able to get you back on again, and you can bring uh, your friends with you next time you come on. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I'm so very honored. You know, uh, we we are attentively listening to you. In fact, the lady Gigi, she's right beside me, in fact. Uh, oh, you know, you're it's not lucky. You, you lucky duck, you. She's standing right there. <laughs> she's right here. She's been quiet. <laughs> Hello. That, hey, yes, yes. Uh, okay, now, now, now I'm even more jealous than I was before. <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah. really. I, 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 anyone, and they want to know about Lady Gigi, all they have to do is go on Sir Dan Smith, CDAM, and they can see her. We have, like, raw, natural, spontaneous video clips of her career and what she's doing. She is an incredible uh, entertainer and loved by millions that have seen her and heard her over the years. It, it's a real treasure, and we're working on uh, publishing her book, The Family and I, because uh, it, it's just so special. And, and our, our younger generation need to, to know the pioneers of entertainment from music, acting, art, and all of our you know, artistic areas of contribution. Uh, inspiration is so hard to, to cultivate. Uh, for the younger generation now, so to be an inspiration is it's always a, a special to hand it down for them, and that's why we're writing her story. And that they go on my Facebook page, they will uh, see our kinship, our relationship, and see her performing 
uh, in the little humble communities, the Lavender Blue Lounge in uh, Los Angeles, and also the uh, uh, Pioneer Bar and Grill uh, in Englewood. And uh, so, you know, she sings there. She just did sing last night. So we're we're really keeping busy, and uh, they'll just enjoy the coming celebrities that come through there. And they, her old colleagues say, they'll get her in the act even in, when she wasn't even booked. They'll ask her to come out and sing. <laughs> I, mean, you can, I mean, when your colleagues compliment you like that and they come from around the country and they see, because they've been working together for over 50 years, you know, the, the, you know so we, we, we just can't say enough about how much, you know, do what you love doing. If it's flying, if it's, if it's, it's, if it's writing, uh, establish your own institution because the speed of business is going so fast that, the, and, and, you know, as much as our technology helps us, it's hurting the younger generation uh, by some measures that to be able to stimulate the mind at such a young age, it really, in my opinion, this is this one man's opinion, you don't tend to have the creative ability when you get older, three, five, and you're on a computer. If you're three, five and don't have a computer, uh, Einstein didn't have a computer, okay, when he was young, I mean, obviously. So this tells you that the generation today, the millennials and so forth, uh, their contributions are tech- technologically uh, induced by what is obviously uh, predictable, but when you take the technology out of it, it's unpredictable. And that's where the unpredictability is the greatest form of creativity. So, you know, it's kind of, it's it's really true. And, you know, I mean, think about it when I, I mean, I've seen documentaries where uh, of Motown or, no, it was a blues documentary. And in the country, in the deep, deep south, they didn't have instruments. The, you know, the, um, the African-Americans and the, um, uh, uh, the people in the Appalachians, the, uh, you know, that uh, gave us bluegrass, they didn't really have instruments. They took strings and, uh, and tied them around the side of the house, and they used it for a guitar. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? Exactly. And then that's what we're t- that's the magnitude of my point is what I'm saying. So, you know, right. kudos. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we got about uh, we got about 30 seconds. I do want to thank you for uh, joining us and uh when uh, uh you guys are ready to put that biography out, we'll definitely have you guys back and we would like to uh help you uh uh pitch that in any way we can. We'd like to help you promote that. Okay, well, it certainly would be our honored, uh, and uh, we just can't say enough about you uh, giving us the time to have this format, and, uh, of course, the best is always yet to come. Awesome. Thanks, bud. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Okay, then. Be well and stay blessed. All right. Thank you, man. Uh, Sir Sir Nan Smith, that was awesome. All right, we got about uh, 90 seconds before we go. Uh, so uh, remember, uh, next week uh, we have a big show. Check out our Facebook page, find out who we have on. Uh, and remember, it's not goodbye 
Uh, it's just good night. Uh, join us every Monday night here on 89.1 Kids FM live. Attitude Air Monday Live Time with Icon and Matthias. Sometimes the big swing will join us. Uh, next week, like I say, we'll have another big show. We want to thank Sir Dan for being with us. And uh, we have 60 seconds, so our theme song is about to play. So in the meantime, love each other, care for each other, be safe. Catch us next week. We'll be back then. See ya. Tell them. You think you know me? Oh, no.